0: Afternoon, evening, night, or whenever it is you're out there listening. Thanks for joining us once again. I am your host, Renny Rico, and this is The Sentiment. Can you handle that? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm getting scared. The wrong number. Hello, hello, and welcome back. This is Renny Rico. As I mentioned in the introduction of this fantastic podcast called The Sentiment, or sometimes as I call it in my own head, The Sentiment Abyss, just to stick with the theme of our wonderful podcast network, Tales from the Abyss. As always, thanks, Jay and Link. Uh, I know it's been a couple weeks since I've been uh, recording, and I know, and honestly, I've been listening back to couple of my episodes, and I always have random excuses uh, as to why I'm not recording on a more uh, frequent schedule, but you know, life comes at you fast. I've uh, been dealing with some personal medical issues that are in the realm of serious, and uh, I have um, have multiple doctor's appointments. I don't need to get into too many details, but uh, that is my particular life at the moment, so unfortunately some things got to take a back seat, uh, much to my chagrin, because I love doing this, and it gives me... Uh, gives me a feeling of purpose. So I hope whoever's out there is listening, uh, just enjoys the shows and the content when it does come out. Of course, there's plenty of other options under the Tales from the Abyss podcast network. Um, You know, you always have the main pod, uh, Link and Jay doing their thing, always having fantastic uh, opinions and episodes coming out. Um, I know that Jay has been uh, away for about a week or week or so because he's been going through his own personal uh, issues that are his business to deal with and talk about. Uh, but he is still around and kicking and he uh, plans on putting a lot more content out. And of course, he has Lenderman's Picks if you want to uh, make some money with some uh, sports picks and have fun along the way. And then, of course, you have our newest addition, Western Civ from the Abyss with Mr. Ziegler. Uh, he's doing a great job, too. You know what? I was... Uh, I was really engaged in this uh, previous episode, and you know what? I'm really looking forward to what he has to say. So, you know, you got plenty of options. You know, you could always hear the horror movie talk and the random opinions of Link. You got, you know, my random opinions when they do come out. You know, you have the sports, and then, of course, you know, you got a little old school history. So, you know, we got a little bit of everything on this particular uh, thing of ours. Uh, but without much further ado, uh, I am here. I am here to. Uh, Talk about opinions and my sentiment on things, and you know, hopefully, this is uh, the beginning of a more uh, frequent release schedule. Uh, unfortunately, I do have some some major things coming up, so <laughs> as soon as I said it, I realized that maybe that's not true. But I will come out when I can. Um, it's been a you know been a crazy couple weeks, and uh, aside from the personal issues, you know, my whole mo is. You know, I love content. I love media. I love TV. I love movies. So, of course, you know, I've, I've been paying attention and caught up on you know some things. Uh, one of the biggest, of course, is being Super Mario. Um, saw it with my daughter uh, the release week, or actually the uh, days following the weekend where it was released. Um, she has only seen, I think, two movies so far, and she was absolutely thrilled. It was a really a great joy to to see her enjoying something that's been part of my life for a really long time. You know, Mario is a, a staple in uh, video game culture, and uh, you know pop culture in general. He's it's one of the one of the big IPs, one of the big characters, and it was only a matter of time before he got his own uh, piece of the pie in uh, in in the box office. And my did he take a very big piece. Uh, Super Mario Brothers, the movie, is um, at current standing as of today. It is Monday, April 24th. Uh, The current standings have the uh, worldwide total for the box office of Super Mario Brothers at about $866 million. uh, Well on its way to a billion dollars. And I think it's going to be the highest grossing movie for... What is it? Imagination? Imagine? I'm drawing a blank right now, and I didn't write it down, but uh, the studio that brought you all the, the Minions movies and et cetera, they are doing extremely well off of this particular piece of IP, and the early word is that we're going to get some kind of Nintendo cinematic universe. I mean, at the minimum, we're going to be putting out more Mario movies. And <coughs> Pardon me. I'm excited for it. I think that uh, there's a lot to mine there. There's a lot of creativity that could be uh, that could be had. From this particular uh, portions of property, and in my personal opinion, what I'm most excited about is that it grow it draws us closer to a potential Legend of Zelda uh, movie, television series, something as long as the the it's done creatively and done with you know with the fans in mind. I am there for it, and I'll be first in line. So that's just really exciting, just seeing that the movie do, do so well. I knew without a shadow of a doubt that Mario was going to uh, not maybe break some records, but it was going to do incredibly well to the point where it was no question that it, uh, it was a hit. And it is certainly a hit. I think it's his third week in a row where it's number one. Uh, my numbers might be a little mixed up. But it's just clearly obvious that this movie is on a... A uh, freight train that's going to blow through a billion dollars. Uh, where it stops, who knows, probably 1.1, 1.2. Uh, really depends on the release schedule for uh, newer movies following uh, in the upcoming weeks, I should say. Uh, and then to kind of round out the rest of the the list as far as box office, uh, you had a couple horror movies come out. I know that Link did a, uh, a small short review on Pope's Exorcist. Uh, without Jay around, um, he seemed to have really liked the movie, and I am excited to see it. Unfortunately, I do have to kind of limit how much I do go to the movies, so I'm going to have to catch it on streaming or whenever it's available on uh, online. Uh, but I love Russell Crowe, and uh, it turns out that peop- the people seem to have liked Russell Crowe more than they wanted to like Nick Cage for this particular uh, release weekend, I think last week. Uh, Also, Nicholas Halt was in uh, Renfield, is what I'm referring to. Uh, They did lose out in uh, Two Pope's Exorcist, uh, but I believe that neither of those movies actually reached double digits, so they weren't uh, really—Pope's Exorcist wasn't really any kind of uh, massive hit by any um, stretch of the word. But early, uh, well, not early, but reviews have said that, you know, it's pretty decent, and I do trust Link as well. So uh, I'm still excited to see it. Uh, It is kind of hard to really uh, reinvigorate uh, Exorcist type movies, but, you know, considering this is based on a true story, and once again, Russell Crowe's in it, um, you know, it definitely garners at least some sort of my, some portion of my attention. and then I, I've alluded in previous episodes that we're going to have an Exorcist trilogy, which I think is actually releasing this year, uh, done by David Gordon Green. So maybe it's going to be a, uh, uh, a new era of Exorcist movies. Uh, hopefully we get something uh, marginally original uh, is all I can ask. Um, but then to round out the uh, the horror movies that were released this weekend, we did have Evil Dead rises. I know that Link saw it. He's gonna have uh, some sort of review up soon. I won't spoil any uh, his particular opinions, but I have not seen it yet. I am excited to see it. Uh, just about finding the right time. But this is actually the clear winner about all the three out of the three movies that uh, were considered horror that were released recently. Uh, so far, it has uh, twenty three point five million dollars domestic, and I think forty million plus worldwide. Which is great. The movie only had a $19 million budget. It was actually only supposed to re- be released on HBO Max, but they uh, really liked what they saw, and because of um, Zaslav and what he's trying to do with uh, uh, WB Discovery, he decided that, you know what, we're going to try and make some money out of this, and they did release it in theaters, uh, which is a win. You know, pe- There's a, a solid fan base behind the Evil Dead uh, franchise, and they, it just really shows that they had a lot of faith in this particular director that did the, this newest version. And apparently it's just it's really out there and uh, really kind of adds on to all the elements that uh, people love from the Evil Dead franchise. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, definitely uh, some shock horror elements and uh, a lot of gore, uh, which there's a huge fan base for. So uh, look out for this space or on the original podcast uh, as far as uh, opinions. For how that movie turned out. Um, I don't really have a, a remaining list for uh, how the rest of the box houses has turned out. I did want to just kind of quickly mention John Wick 4. Uh, held solid. And I think that was officially announced that it was the highest grossing movie in the series. And you know there's going to be a TV series based on the Continental. You do have a spin off with Ana de Armas playing a, um, a, an assassin as well. Which I believe is going to be a, a theater release. So that whole franchise is doing well, and if you love it, look forward to more because there is going to be. Um, that kind of rounds out uh, any discussions I wanted to have about movies. You know, I always like to mention them and how they're doing in the theaters. It is exciting to see the box office uh, continue to bounce back more and more, and we're starting to hit pre-pandemic levels uh, as far as what movies are grossing. It's not every movie, though. You know, it, it is more selective. Uh, which is good. You know, natural selection in the movie in the movie theaters. Maybe we'll get more quality, who knows. Uh, I I know it's kind of f- uh, finicky as far as how these production companies like to to greenlight certain certain projects, you know, it has to be kind of established already, but you know, there is a there is a time and place for original IP as well. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of that. Uh but, you know, considering uh, my current uh, life and my uh, lack of time and I kind of had to be picky with how much time I spent out of the house due to, you know, having responsibilities in the house. My bread and butter really, really has been TV series. I've been uh, watching more and more. It's a, you know what? Honestly, these past couple of years have really made it hard for me to say that I like, the movie-going experience more than the television experience. It's more even than anything, but I do absolutely love this. It's not even necessarily a current trend, but uh, just television in general has really been uh, taking an incline up to, you know, just this priority, prestige status. It's essentially called prestige television. I know that that's a, a phrase that's being thrown around. You have several streaming companies that are throwing millions and millions of dollars at uh, the writing and production of television shows. And, you know, the more and more as, as these streaming companies spend more money, of course you're going to get a lot of crap. That's just given, you know, with, you know, so much content coming out, you know, everything is not going to be a winner. But because so much content is coming out and because we're in, you know, a creative um, creative form of entertainment, you know, and people are trying their best, they don't want to, they don't set out to put out crap, you're going to get stuff that is amazing. You know, the cream rises to the top, so you know there's just i have a short list but there is just some amazing programming coming out in the television realm and it's a lot of it's on hbo i will just say that right out of, right out of the bat but it's not necessarily they don't have a complete stranglehold i do have uh television shows that i'm completely enamored with that weren't on uh hbo and uh it's just kind of interesting to see where this particular uh, era is going to take us and how high the highs can go as far as a uh, scripted uh, episodic format of, uh, of content. Uh, longer form, you know, it gives, it, honestly, I just think it's the better format as far as where we're heading uh, with writing and production. It gives writers and this is not groundbreaking by groundbreaking by any means. <laughs> People obviously understand the the benefits of television. You get a longer format. You can flesh out char- characters better. You can uh, take a, take a deeper dive into background characters and give them more of a sense of uh, a sense of being alive. And it really draws in the viewer. Uh, so those are just some of the reasons why I do appreciate television more. Uh, and, you know, honestly, when it's done right, it can produce. To me, an out-of-body experience when you get yourself so driven to love and understand a set of characters that are essentially played out over like three movie lengths, you know, you really get attached, and uh, that's just kind of where I'm at as far as the type of entertainment that I love to enjoy. Um, and there's gonna, it, there's no stopping it. You know, you have Amazon. You have Apple Plus, you of course have Netflix, but then you have Paramount Plus and, and Peacock and they're all fighting to get their portion of the pie and release the best quality whatever that they could possibly release and you know they're all vying for the attention of the best writers and they're trying to give uh, long-term contracts to producers that have a track record. Um, You have uh, one example being uh, Mike Flanagan, who was uh, attached for many years to Netflix with all his amazing horror content that came out. And unfortunately, I I don't know the exact details, but it seems like Netflix lost him and Amazon won him. So it's kind of interesting to see where that's going to take this next era in his particular uh, production uh, career. But, you know, this, these are the type of things that we, we witness and see now in the streaming environment. You know, you're always going to have the bidding wars for uh, movie scripts and things of that nature. But this is a more direct feel when it's, uh, you know, it's in your home. And, you know, some people just are TV people beyond, you know, movies. So this is just kind of where I'm at in my life. I know I'm kind of rambling. So, you know, I'm going to kind of get to the shows that I've had. An unhealthy obsession with over the past two years. I'm only gonna kind of just quickly mention my 2022 shows, being that this is a newer podcast and I didn't really kind of go into details about some of the shows that have already either ended their uh, series or uh, their seasons and they're not uh, they're not in current current production or they're currently out to be in the the zeitgeist and being spoken about. Uh, number one for me for 2022 was definitely Severance. Uh, it, it played on Apple Plus. It was uh, directed and co-created by uh, Ben Stiller. Uh, just an amazing show, honestly. I'm not going to go into too many details because I do have a couple. You know, I have a lot of other stuff that I want to kind of touch on, and it's last year. But I'm heavily excited for Season 2. They are taking their time, which is what I do absolutely love. It does kill me emotionally because I want more. But you know, the more they take their time, the higher of a chance that it's going to be as high of a quality as Season 1. And it's different. You know, if it's different and it's done well, you're gonna grab my attention. And it uh, it certainly has uh, an amazing concept. So anyone that hasn't heard or seen of seen it, I do recommend it, or at least look it up to kind of see whether it's your type of show. Uh, and then last year, one of my favorite series ended. They did a double season. They did a season three and a season four, uh, split throughout the year. Uh, so was Atlanta done uh, cr- co-created by Donald Glover. Um, just uh, amazing writing, uh, amazing elements of surrealism, just overall just a fantastic show. I thought that it was uh, really well done and it kept my attention throughout all the seasons. Uh, Really sad to have seen it go, but they ended on a high note and really going to be interested to see where Donald Glover goes uh, from here on out in his particular career, so I do recommend to see that. And then, you know, I'm I'm not above mainstream television that has the uh the uh, public and in its grips and i absolutely did love house of the dragon it of course was on hbo it had its flaws it wasn't exactly uh to me it wasn't an emmy worthy you know deserving um the acting was 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 great uh but the writing did have some 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 flaws and it's kind of hard when you're adapting something that you know it's completely different than Game of Thrones this was more of a a timeline of events that is condensed over I think I believe maybe centuries or at least decades Uh, but they did good with what they had they um, they pretty much made up for some of the mistakes that were made in Game of Thrones towards the end of the uh, series and uh, they earned a lot of goodwill back from the fans that they pissed off because there were a lot of pissed off fans me being one of them Uh, I think that Season 8 was an abomination, and I have no desire to rewatch. But House of the Dragon, doing good so far. Um, So check it out if you haven't already. I don't need to go into too many details. I'm sure you already know what it's about. It was one of the largest series uh, loved last year and just period. And then kind of moving into 2023, as far as uh, television, you know, playing the hits. I already talked about Last of Us, uh, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, uh probably my favorite video game adaptation um this plus the uh, knockout punch of uh Sonic, uh Sonic uh even though Sonic was uh part of the conversation uh but Super Mario Brothers definitely um boating very well for video game properties really excited to see what this uh, gets taken in the future uh check out my uh, episode on video game adaptations and where uh my predictions uh were going with them uh couple months back. i just really excited. Video games were a large part of my life and it's kind of interesting just to see um, how these studios uh, attack these uh, pieces of IP because you know they're always looking for something established and I think that they didn't really necessarily put in the uh, they didn't necessarily give the attention that I think some of these uh, portions of property deserve uh, rightly so. So uh, I'm looking forward to to the following years as far as how um, they treat these with uh, with respect. Anyway, uh, my next show I am absolutely currently obsessed with and I have high, high regards for uh, another show on HBO, Succession. Got to talk about it. I won't do its own episode because I know that... You know, I try to stray away from shows that necessarily have tons of people talking about it, plus it you know really has its own podcast done by the creators, so it's kind of hard to beat that when you have so much background information uh, coming in. But uh, I try not to speak with hyperbole here, but to me, it's this is the best written and acted series currently on television. Uh, it's very consistent. It's this fourth season. Uh, it's going to end this particular season, but it's just... Overall phenomenal. Jesse Armstrong, producer, writer, co-creator or creator, I should say. Just doing a phenomenal job. The acting, sublime. Jeremy Strong, Sarah Snook, Kieran Culkin, Brian freaking Cox. Uh, Just an amazing cast. Just one of those shows where everything comes together and is clicking on... uh, Not clicking, but firing on all cylinders. Um, Just a little peek into a high-class, extremely rich, wealthy lifestyle, but it isn't the focus of the show. Like, these people are clearly rich, but it's not shot with, you know, the snobbery of, oh, let's show how elegant these people's lives are. This is an intimate look. It's shot in an office-like style. Uh, to really kind of focus on the elements of comedy. Really funny show. I mean I don't wanna kinda I don't wanna rant on it because I could definitely continue to go on. I'm wanna I'm wanna rewatch and I'm currently watching the final season as it goes and it's just sublime. No, I really can't speak much higher praises of it. If you haven't started watching it already, just please check it out. It's it's one of the best things that's ever been put out and I try not to say that lightly. And then, you know, side by side, uh, it started, the season premiere started a little couple episodes later, but uh, they are going to end these series on the same day, I believe. I do have to kind of fact check that, but I did hear you have season four of Barry, which is just another completely different style of show, but it is just a phenomenal showcase for the talent of Bill Hader that. I don't think people realize that he had. He really fully fleshed out all his skills in this show. It started as a creation or a co-creation of his. And then by the final season now, he's directing every episode. He's directly involved in the writing of every episode. He's executive producing. This show is essentially Bill Hader on steroids. He's He's doing such a phenomenal job, too. It's about essentially a uh, ex-military uh, kind of hitman that is trying to find himself so he develops a love for acting and acting classes and then you get to know and love the characters that you know are involved in that particular draw of the storyline. And now they're on season four and obviously I won't spoil anything, but you know, this show is another show where it, it takes a different approach to succession. This is not necessarily a, Hundred percent intimate office style look. This is a really well choreographed cinema, cinema, uh, cinematic look. Um, there is just some really high concept shots and one takes and everything that that uh, a, a filmmaker loves to do, but within a service of the story is done in this show. And it's only thirty minutes of your time every episode. And uh, honestly, Barry. Just a, something that should be on people's radar. Like I said, only thirty-minute clips at a time, so you can check out a couple episodes in the season one to really get an idea whether you like this type of show. But very violent, I will say. Uh, there's definitely a lot of elements of of uh, blood and and it doesn't hold back in that in that vein. Uh, but very it has its funny elements, you know, especially because Bill Hader's directly involved. I do highly recommend this show. So check it out if you haven't. Uh, and then next, you know, I already, last episode, I already uh, did an episode on Swarm. Uh, it's still sitting there in my brain. I was really excited to, to, to see a, uh, content on that level being delivered. Uh, just a different style of horror. Very character-driven material, atmospheric. Uh, if you want to hear more of my opinions, go check out the last episode. I converted Link into a Swarm fan, and he uh, he texted me directly, and he said that he absolutely did love this show. So that says a lot to me too, and it, uh, I really appreciate someone taking a chance on my opinion. So that's all I'm asking you to do as well. And then just to round it out, um, I you know I kind of had – I wanted to do this episode on something completely different but related to this final show I want to talk about. But honestly, with all the things that are going on in my life, I didn't want to go into de- too much detail as far as, uh, you know, going to, into really in depth about this particular top- topic because I am going to kind of hold off for another episode because I think there's more there and I want to spend more time with it. But, you know, this final this previous show that I've w- been watching, uh, something I finished, and something I, I did something a little different, especially for a Netflix show. I watched it. One episode at a time. I didn't binge it. I didn't. Pardon me. I didn't watch all ten or eight or nine episodes. However many it was, I think it was eight or nine in a row. I really savored it, and it was the type of show that really. Uh, I think that it could have benefited as well from more of a, a weekly release schedule, but Netflix doesn't do that. Uh, but the show that I really wanted to kind of talk about is Beef. You know, it's already in the, the the title of the episode. You guys kind of already saw it coming, but if you haven't heard about it. A really good show, and honestly, to me, like when there's a show that's a standout on Netflix, I like to, I like to put some attention on it because Netflix puts out so much content that honestly, it's hard to keep up, and it's hard to sift through the crap from the good. And this show somehow got on my radar. I don't know exactly how. I just think that maybe I just saw a random uh, promotion for it, and it just kind of caught my attention, and it just spiraled from there. Also, uh, being in the cast, Stephen Young. Or young, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing mispronouncing that. Uh, being in it, I've always had a a, a nice uh, appreciation for him ever since uh, his final appearance on The Walking Dead. He's he's in the zeitgeist, you know. He's he's in popular culture. You know, you go out like that in, in The Walking Dead, and you know you got you grab people's attention. And it's kind of it was interesting to see what his career looked like afterwards. And you know, he's he was selective with his choices, and he made some really good. Uh, some good choices honestly and he, this is one of them uh, to round out the rest of the cast uh, Steven is playing a, one of the main characters this is kind of a two-hander he's playing uh, one of the main characters alongside Ali Wong who is uh, she originally started as a, a stand-up comedian she has uh, dabbled in acting and she's only growing her portfolio stronger and stronger does really well in this show she is the other half of the of the series her name is Amy in the show and she does fantastic as well and then uh, the remaining casts are—you know, you probably don't recognize some of the names, but uh, they do phenomenal with their particular uh, uh, their what they're asked to do. You have uh, Joseph Lee, who is playing Amy's husband or Ali Wong's husband. Uh, his name is George. You have a character named, uh, a actor named Young Mazzino. He is the brother of Stephen One, a uh, Yoon, aka Danny Cho. His name is Paul Cho. They are the Cho brothers. And then you have. Maria Bello who is uh, who she plays Jordan she is uh, she maintains a business interest of Ali Wong's character Amy and she uh, proves a pivotal character as the series uh, progresses uh, and then the rounded out you have a controversial actor I should say his name is David Cho he is the cousin of Danny and Paul aka Stephen and young um, two of the main characters in the show and as far as controversy, I'm going to just address it ahead of time. Uh, I didn't find this out till after the show. So, you know, honestly, don't shoot the messenger. Um, I don't want to necessarily go over my exact opinion. Obviously, I'm anti um, what happened or what has been uh, said to have happened. But David Cho, uh, if you haven't already heard or uh, heard, I should say, he went on a podcast several years ago. He told this story where essentially he sexually assaulted the masseuse and if I'm misrepresenting the story at all I am completely sorry Uh, but then over the following years there the follow-up story was that it was a bad take on his part but he misrepresented the story and he kind of made it up so it's kind of not understood as to where it ended up playing out. But over the course of the years, I don't believe that there was any charges brought to him. And I don't know. I like I said, I found this out after I watched the show already. So I had already formed my opinions about the show and my uh, love for it. Um, It does sort of tarnish my view on it. I obviously don't stand with sexual assault in any way. I know that Probably goes without being said, but I am going to directly say it in case there's anybody that has uh, any misunderstandings as to what side I'm taking. But I also can compartmentalize and remove that element and see the show for what it is. But I did want to say it because it is a form of controversy and it is something that kind of looms over the show and has been kind of separating people from their desire to actually watch The show for what it is. So that happened. Um, But beyond that, let's move on. The cast is great. They really work well together. Uh, The writing is phenomenal. The crew, as far as the production crew, the creator, executive producer, and co-writer is Lee Sung Jin. He did a great job. He is Kind of the top of the food chain and everything trickles down. You know, obviously this is a collaborative process. Um, he directed one episode and then sharing the bulk of the directing duties. You have a gentleman named Jake Schreier and a person named Hakari. And they did a good job. You know, this, uh, this show is good. Uh, as far as the plot, just in case I don't jump too far ahead, uh, it's real basic Um, You have the main characters, Amy and Danny, Stephen Young, Ali Wong, um, two middle-aged people, different stages in their lives. One is wealthy, one is down on his luck, can't catch a break, Uh, and their lives intersect through an interaction uh, involving vehicles that results in a road rage incident. And because of this particular incident, their lives essentially become forever connected over the course of the series. They develop an obsession for each other. They can't see eye to eye uh, initially or at all. And because of that, things ensue off of that initial interaction, which happens very early in the series. Um, And then their lives kind of intersect through the other characters and through each other. Uh, Really well done, honestly. Like It's a really simple concept, but... The characters are front and center. This is character driven. You know, once you see the incident, then you get to spend time with them to get to know the circumstances in their lives that uh that push them to be in the emotional states to become obsessed with each other. Why are they these type of characters that have a road rage incident? Why do the other characters latch on to each other? Um, this is everything you want in a show. You want it to feel organic and it is. It's it's really well written. Uh just it's hard to say more without kind of giving you know the beats of the show away uh like i said over the course of eight episodes you get to really flesh out you know and these people become you know alive to you and you really do care for almost all of them honestly you know obviously there's always background characters but you know what like the main characters are 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 really fleshed out they uh the Uh, Lee Sung Jin, the, the creator and writer, did a fantastic job with making you care about who these people are. You know, Amy's marriage isn't exactly the best. You understand where she's coming from and how she feels undermined in her life. And then... Danny aka Steven Young you start to understand where he's coming from and why he has the opinions that he has and why he feels so down on his luck and the pride that he has and wanting to take care of his parents and also have a better relationship with his brother etc and how his cousin plays into that and it's 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 good I I really I really enjoy it um take a look at the synopsis uh kind of look it up if you're interested it's 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 a good show. The art direction beautiful. The DP does a fantastic job with their shot choices. Uh, they really do well at creating this inti- intimacy uh, when it's needed, but also um, it shows the lavishness of uh, the, the the higher class people, and then of course um, it really shows the gives you that feeling of, of of claustrophobia for the the lower class people, aka Danny. Um, really well done. I mean, the art direction, I really can't say anything better about it. There's this interesting motif that they use for the opening shots. I don't think there's not really any actual opening music. It just kind of shows the, the, the title of the episode of the series beef. And then this amazing piece of artwork that's always different for every episode. And it kind of just gives you this vibe without directly telling you where you're going in this episode. So this is just everything just operating at a high level. And it, it's giving the audience the chance to really use their brain. And it doesn't take your intelligence for granted. So everything's not 100% spelled out, but it's also done in an intelligent enough way where you don't have to sift through subliminal messages as well, if that makes sense. Uh, so yeah, I mean, all that combined just makes for a really good show. And it just really kind of shows that when... Netflix wants to. They can put their money behind something fantastic. And I think that they need to do more of this type of thing than just kind of throwing their money at whatever they can in order to put as much content as they can on their streaming platform. And I think that given uh, the current uh, news that's been coming out of how they're they're, they're running their operations, I think they're going to start leaning towards that. They're not going to lower the amount that they're spending, but they're going to really focus on quality over quantity, and I'm here for it. Because, you know, Netflix has the grip on streaming currently. You know, Netflix is the top dog. Apple and Amazon aren't necessarily uh, completely focused on on their streaming platforms. They're, this is not their main uh, uh, area of revenue. In fact, they're probably just loss leaders for them. And then everything else is... F- Hulu is probably the closest as far as... Qual- uh, well, Hulu is, to me, the has the most quality content and then you have everything else that falls under. Um, But, you know, Hulu is owned by Disney and their their hands are kind of tied and it's really kind of more of a complicated type of situation that they have going on there, especially because they're not worldwide. They're only uh, available in the United States. Um, But you know what? I I mentioned earlier that how this uh, episode evolved and one of the things I wanted to discuss, and I'm only going to really just touch it uh, shortly and then I'm going to end this episode I hadn't mentioned it already, but you could probably tell by you know the names. know um, this show is a minority-driven show, and I mentioned this uh, uh, shortly uh, for Swarm and Happenstance. This show, the follow-up episode, just happens to be another minority-driven show. But the amazing thing about this show is that being a minority doesn't necessarily have to be the end-all, be-all of the of the of the of the show. Their lives and the storyline that follows is partial or not everything to what being a minority is. And I'm probably going to uh, rephrase and edit this a little bit, but being a minority isn't driving elements of the show. It's secondary. And I think that with the current state of content and media, this is a beautiful path to be going on because, It doesn't have to be the focus. Now, don't get me wrong. These people, obviously, when you have a full, almost full Asian American cast, their culture is going to be present in the show, but it doesn't necessarily take over and make you feel like you have to be, know everything about Asian culture in order to enjoy the show. It's secondary, but also it adds to their lives and fully fleshes them out. And I think it's a beautiful thing, honestly. It really... To me, that is that is the element that increased this show's standing and where, where I love enjoyed about it. And I'm going to really talk about that in a more fleshed out episode. I just wanted to mention that. I thought that it was just really greatly done, and it just kind of goes to show the progression of, of media and where we're going and how you can have a show that's 95% minorities, but ultimately it didn't matter to the show. What matters is the characters and the actors and how they're firing on all cylinders and, and the writers and creators and how they're just making something beautiful for what it is. And, you know, that's just my personal opinion. I thought that it was really, uh, really fantastic and uh, I'm looking forward to more shows coming out like this. Uh, aside from that, I'm going to wrap it up here. I'm running a little longer than I normally run and... um Times running short for today got a lot of things coming on uh, so I just really want to just thank everyone for joining me today uh, look look to the other shows dropping this week and uh, if you have any questions or concerns or want to kind of just drop me a line my uh, email is always the sentiment abyss at gmail.com really look into any feedback and uh, we'll go from there hope everybody's week is great and uh, I'm looking forward to recording again and hopefully it'll be sooner rather than three weeks from now Okay, so thank you so much and uh, have a good one.